O loving one infinite creator, your very nature is love. And through this love, you created experience. And through this experience, we were born. We are you experiencing love itself. All of our hearts are indeed in union and in unity with yours. We are inside you and you are inside us. We just ask that you bless this particular meeting. Help us to join our hearts and minds and get to know a little bit more about your mind, the archetypal mind. And more especially, we ask right now that our green ray love for each other, as we support each other in solidarity with each other, living these third density lives, that our love for each other in building forth is somehow a catalyst for love and light in the world in some way, in some beautiful way. The world has changed just a little bit because of our small and loving community. Amen. Okay, well, <clears throat> we're going to start. Um, this is the first of a series on the archetypal mind of the logos. We're going to talk about archetypes. Um, yep. And we're going to talk about them in similar ways that we that I had mentioned last summer around this time, but I've done a lot more thinking and whatnot. So it's going to be um, it's going to be new in most ways. And we're going to start from the very, very, very beginning. So my thinking is, and I don't know how this flows because you know how we flow in certain ways. My thinking is that uh, we're not going to get to the actual archetypes that Rod talks about until next time. Because if we don't set this up right, it's not going to make sense. And that, so my job today is to build a, a metaphysical, a conceptual structure so that we can understand a little bit better the actual archetypes that Rob puts forth, that shares with us, um, of the archetypal mind of the Logos. And uh, the word archetype obviously is a loaded word. We have different thoughts as to what those things mean. Um, we have a Jungian way to understand it. And I'm actually, um, as I'm talking, I'm looking at a slideshow that I created. So I'm, I'm looking both at you and the slideshow. There's going to be one or two different slides that I will share with you guys. Uh, but mostly it's going to be me talking and doing some reading. If you have, um, a question or you you want a comment or something 
either raise your hand, interrupt might be fine. <laughs> I think interrupting is fine. Um, so what is an archetype? Well, it's a loaded word and can be confusing. And uh, I, I did the little research that I have here, um, identified three different ways that we use archetype. And so I'm going to just throw these out there and then we're going to circle in specifically with um, the way Ra is understanding archetype. Okay. Well, one sense of the word archetype, and by the way, these do intersect. It's not like it's three distinct ones, but uh, Ra are, so there's one sense of an archetype is the sense of a prototype. And according to Webster's, uh, a prototype, the original pattern or model of which all things of the same type, same type are representations or, or copies. Okay, so that is actually an the definition of an archetype is in the sense of a prototype. So for example, um, you could say Edison created the archetype of the light bulb. You see, all the light bulbs we have are somehow based um, on the archetype that he created. And you could even say the fancy ones we have are distortions. Distortions doesn't mean distorted in a wrong way, just nuanced, you know, evolved versions of the archetype of the light bulb. Our cookie cutters can make different cookie shapes. So you might have uh, a reindeer cookie cutter that you stick in the dough and it creates the archetype of a reindeer cookie. And then you, you know, you sprinkle it and stuff like that. And, but archetypes is they're sort of prototypes from which other things come that are represent representations of the original. So that's one way to understand archetype. Another way to understand archetype is this sense of an idea or concept. Then the sense of an idea or concept. Uh, and in metaphysics, we call this a thought form. So when I say the word thought form, does anybody have any thought forms or <laughs> any ideas as what that might mean? What is a thought form? <laughs> well, um, a thought form is a, every thought that we have has a form to it metaphysically because every single thought you've ever had that I've ever had is you as love and you take love and you imbue the unpolarized undergirding spirit or, or light of awareness. So you take, it's like just silence, silence, silence. We're going to call that like the unpolarized awareness, silence. And then you say a word and it like breaks up the silence, but the silence contains the word, but the word itself is its own entity within silence. Okay. So a thought form is um, 
its own sentience, its own form, because it is nuanced from pure awareness, pure awareness, like pure silence. And then you have a thought and it has its own vibrational quality. It's a form. Okay. Now, an archetype then could be um, a, a great concept or a great idea, a big one. And from that, then it kind of evolves and you have all of these different other ideas that come from it. But it originated from one particular idea. Can anybody think of an example how that might be the case? Or can you think of an example in your own mind of one big idea that had little ripple effects? Divinity, especially from a Hindu's perspective. Divinity? Yeah. Uh, princess. You brought up princesses. So there's sort of an archetypal princess story, and then you can make all kinds of variations off the idea of princess. Yeah. Okay, good. Or um, or concept of freedom, like you know that the idea of freedom as a yeah. as an archetype, and then how does that get then translated, nuanced? Ra's word would be distorted into different ways to understand freedom, but the archetype would be freedom. Archetypes genuinely inspire; they are motivators. Or as we're going to talk about here in a little bit, they are potentiators. Why? Because they potentiate action. They inspire. They, they haunt. They indwell. That's what archetypes do. And we humans create archetypes all the time. But usually they're archetypes, like they're sub, 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 sub archetypes. They, you know, and they, they came from a sub, 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 or sub, sub, and then there's a sub. <laughs> so there's these archetypes upon archetypes upon archetypes. But what we have, what we're going to be talking about during our presentations is that Ra says that there are 21 basic archetypes. 22 rather, sorry, basic archetypes from our logos, the logoic mind. And from all of those things, all of these different other ways to understand things come out. Okay. But archetypes do haunt us. So just to start off really quickly, uh, this is the third, I was going to say the third sense of the archetype is um, again related, but this would be the Jungian sense of the archetype. Okay, so what Jung described as an archetype is an inherited an inherited idea or mode of thought in the psychology of of Carl Jung that is derived from the experience of the race present in the unconscious of an individual. The point is, is that it's an inherited idea or mode of thought that you inherited, that I inherited, that our parents inherited and goes all the way back. And you go back far enough, what um, Jung would say is that there are certain 
basic human archetypes that are present, that we live into, that inspire us. So Mr. Jungian psychiatrist, psychologist Troy, may I, may I ask you if you could give two or three different archetypes um, in that vein? Uh, the warrior and uh, <clears throat> so there's a from time immemorial there's been warrior ideals and hopefully there have been noble warriors but I'm sure there are ignoble warriors as well but uh, so warrior uh, father uh, so in different variations of that. So like chief might be a father type chief or a, but there'd be warrior type chiefs. So, uh, but father would be one, one form of masculinity. Um, gosh, a wise woman or crone uh, is a common one used. Um, Mediatrix mediatrix um which would be our kind of like the uh empath woman and uh sage sage sure yeah so you can start to see that um goose uh, jung started to identify these different archetypes that have been around for centuries you know millennia but also the Enneagram, for example, would be talking about different archetypes. For example, the nine different types, if you will, are archetypes. So you have the peacemaker and the perfectionist and the giver, the achiever, just going all the way around the Enneagram. These would be different archetypes too. And one of the ways in which the Enneagram has always been helpful is that you can learn to put on different types, different other types. That's not your particular Enneagram type. You can put on that energetics. Um, you take it off, but you can, you can put it on, you see. Um, so there are these different archetypes and they're inherited. Uh, it's, it's raw would, we can, you know, might talk it, talk about them in terms of like planetary consciousness, you know, huge, not just the human consciousness. Well, it's the human consciousness, but it's it's um, it's the motley crew that we are as humans. We have all created these certain archetypes that can be found in lots of different cultures uh, across time, regardless of background. You you often see these same very very similar archetypes arising is that first we have to understand that an archetype is kind of like um, art, the architecture, structuring that help us to make sense of reality. And the way I start to think about it is that Ra's 22 archetypes might be, you can consider it as logoi, and then Jung's archetypes could be sub-logoi. In other words, they come from this most basic 22 archetypes that really do are the, the atoms, the building blocks of all of the other archetypes that we have created in 
human consciousness. Yeah, Jung's, I mean, um, Ra's archetypes are more like physics <laughs> in that it's, it's, it's very primal and, 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 and very rudimentary and foundational. Jung's archetypes are sort of like an abstractive abstraction level above that or, or below that, however you want to conceptualize it. They, they're, they're, they're further in the, along the hierarchy of being and more developed. Um, they're pretty universal, but, but not quite as universal as physics, for example. So that's making sense to me because my notion of Ra's archetypes, Ra calls them like, um, they're like the building blocks that are, that our ability to think is made from. Like if, if you, if mental activity is happening and you distill those mental activities down their most rudimentary or simplistic forms of mental energy expenditure, each archetype represents a different form of energy expenditure that has a different function in our process of being conscious. And we can combine them in infinite ways in terms of how we express and manifest. But like Ross says, if the adept wants to um, do magical work, they can basically clothe themselves in a singular archetype, meaning only expend mental energy in in the configuration of that basic, basic distillation of mental energy expenditure. That's how I see it. Sorry, I'm just so so then I'm hearing you say that that these other things that are being expressed are like perhaps combinations of Ra's arch archetypes. I would say that they're not combinations. I would say they come from the basic building blocks of what you just said. But the very fact that we have these 22 archetypes, those came from more proto archetypes that we're about to get into because to get to the 22 that we enjoy, that was an evolution. Now, I'm not saying that Jung's is a further evolution of those basic building blocks um, in terms of um, you don't get more foundation than those 22. However, when you have a collective, when, when a human collective uses the different art, the archetypes, the way Ra talks about them, you, uh, us as a collective will create um, human made archetypes that will also empower and haunt humanity. So for example, uh, just to jump to probably next week, but then I'll circle back is Ra talks about the matrix as the magician. The matrix would be the conscious mind and that's the mind that creates reality, right? Um, humans as a collective would be creating reality through our collective matrix. What are we creating? Well, in order to understand life, we have to create certain archetypes. There's the archetype of day. Uh, you know, there's a God that controls the day. There's a God that controls the night. You know what I'm saying? Like you, we're trying to create, we're trying to understand our world and our reality. And so we will often um, create structures, right or wrong, uh, and ways to try to understand our reality. 
that we're also creating. But how that came from would be um, our collective use of the 22 archetypes that Ra lays out. Thank you. Uh, sorry to take up so much of the group's time. This is like a new take for me. So I'm just going to listen and <laughs> learn something um, and not continue to like do the the um, philosophical back and forth right now, because hopefully maybe I'll, as I hear it, I'll, I'll get my head around it a little bit more. But I, I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> well, also, I think the back and forth is helpful, too. So I wouldn't want you to not do it. Um, uh, what I wanted to jump into right now, though, is this. We have to start before we get to the 22 archetypes. We need to start from even way earlier in, in terms of cosmogenesis. So I'm going to be jumping into cosmogenesis. This is the genesis of the logos, you know, the primal logos. <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to be distorted when I talk because I don't, I wasn't there. I don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm doing a lot of speculation. All right. And I, I figured when I was making this, I was thinking Diana's hand is going to go up every five seconds because she, <laughs> because she would need to, um, we all, I, I'm going to get it wrong and I want people to talk and have a, a discussion on it too. But here's my best piece. Time out. I'm, uh -huh. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. Oh, I know. I just don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> but eventually I will. So I was hoping like I could get the Cliffs notes, but my brain just isn't there yet. Doesn't mean it's uh, wrong. So that out Well, I think I'm wrong. You're bet you're easier than on me than I am. Okay. So here's the deal. This is according to Ra. This is my speculation as well. Infinity becomes aware. All right. Um, now, also, uh, this is all happening simultaneously. This is all happening in the eternal now. And there's a way in which uh, at the very highest level, it hasn't even happened yet. So, but I'm not real interested at this point in getting into the seventh density metaphysics yet so we're going to just stick with what we got so infinity becomes aware and awareness makes infinity become the term intelligent infinity okay intelligent infinity now i'm going to be dropping a lot of different terms i'll be circling back so if you don't get it the first time You'll hear it again, but you can also listen to this is recorded and it'll be on our podcast. Okay. So Ra then says intelligent infinity is light, the light of awareness, unpolarized light. You can think of translucent light, no quality, the light of awareness. And when you read the law of one really carefully, what you find is that this light of awareness can be equivalent to spirit. Spirit. Spirit is what transcends all things and includes all things. It's spirit. Light of awareness, spirit. Okay? And intelligent infinity as spirit has a thought. And that thought is called the original thought. The OT, ha, 
Um, the original thought, and that original thought is something along the lines of, I want to experience. And that original thought is the catalyst that every single one of us, every subatomic particle to the largest universe, all are driven by this one original thought. Because that is what the infant creator is constantly feeling, constantly thinking, this one original thought to experience. So that is the great catalyst. And it starts out at the very beginning, catalyst. So then, this one original thought becomes the, I call it the primal catalyst. Because it's going to be that which pushes everything else. To ex the original thought is to experience, to, to experience, to look for experience. And with this primal uh, catalyst, the one original thought, we have the birth of the first primal distortion, which is free will. Okay, so awareness, original thought, free will. It's all simultaneous, but you don't kind of get the original thought without awareness. It's, it's tricky when you can see it, if you can play with it in your mind. And then Ross says something interesting. It's interesting to me because I'm a super nerd about it. It's probably not interesting to other people. But intelligent infinity nuances into two sides okay and i think why it's it's kind of important is because ra is going to be setting up the, the that dynamism the, the phenomena of dynamic tension is present at the absolute beginning because what we have here is intelligent infinity spirit translucent light starts to nuance into two sides and i know that's complicated raw had a hard time with our language and i'm not doing any better but the two sides are the first side of of light or spirit will remain unpolarized unmoving undistorted unengaged period it, it's just this constant if you can the way i'm trying to understand it, it's just a flow that never manifests it just it's there just constant never engages but it remains unmoving it doesn't move in the sense that it doesn't condensate into anything else it it's it's there in pure awareness there's no condensation so in the sense of uh, creation, it remains unmoving. It doesn't move into condensation. Diana? I would propose that it's not even pure awareness, that it's neither awareness nor non-awareness. It's neither thinking nor non-thinking. It's so unpolarized as to be ineffable. It just is. Just it's is. Is, is. And yeah. the other side of it is the ask the the aspect of the creator that's capable of experiencing itself. Yes, that's exactly right. So, um, yeah, that you might have done raw service there to kind of 
tease that out. But it's it's um, there's absolute. It's not nothing, but it's not something either. <laughs> it's just right there. Now the second side of intelligent infinity becomes infinitely pregnant with potential. Now that's my word, pregnant. Rod didn't talk about pregnant, but I just think of like it as a, a big belly of potential. That's <laughs> in my mind, okay? Um, and what is, but okay, so here's the dynamic tension though. Unmoving, which is the, what Diana was saying, it's, it's not nothing, but it's not something, that, that thing in between. That is unmoving. And then we have moving. So that's moving and unmoved, moving and unmoved, zeros and ones. Ze Dude, we're all in this computer simulation. <laughs> zeros and ones, unmoving and moving. Okay, and Ross says basically that's the whole gamut. That's the whole darn thing. Because you're gonna see unmoving and moving, unmoving and moving, recapitulate itself all the way down to, to where we're at. There's always an, a moving and unmoving element. So anyways, it happens at the very beginning. And so the moving element is this pregnant potentiality, pure unadulterated potential. Okay, that's the second side of intelligent infinity. And what the way I'm kind of just thinking of it in my head is free will empowered by the primal catalyst, the primal catalyst is the original thought to experience itself, starts to sharpen into what Ra calls the will to seek. So it's not just free will, but it's the will to seek. So now we're, it's like I want experience, but now I'm seeking it. So it, it takes on a, a, a pointedness, a sharpness to it. Um, yeah, Eduardo? You're saying that would be like the third element then of that arc, right? Uh, there, like, um, yeah. Like in the formation of seeking, in the formation of seeking, that's this whole new thing that arises from these first two bases that you're, you're speaking of, right? Yeah, it's not yet arising from the different bases. It's still all one thing. Awareness okay. equals one originally thought equals pregnant potentiality but I, I'm, I'm I'm being really really nuanced here so it's still we're still one here still in the the first stage yeah uh, and then this primal catalyst sharpens into the will to seek and this is the beginning of the second primal distortion love Okay, because what love is, what Ra talks about is the pregnant part of intelligent infinity overlaps with the pregnant part of intelligent energy. So there's a slow condensation here from not nothing but not something into pure to into awareness that's infinitely potential then it's it moves at, as think of a bubble a bubble coming up a bubble of awareness coming up 
here's a surface and it's coming up. So it's slowly gathering, it's getting closer and closer. This would be the, the light of consciousness. And it's the will to seek. And so love, Ra calls this infinite or intelligent energy. Intelligent energy is what Ra calls. But when you read the material very carefully, there are all kinds of nuances that Ra says when they talk about intelligent energy. And I'm gonna be, I'm gonna like talk, I've been talking to Ra, I was like, dude, I don't know why you use intelligent. There's so many other things. Because they, they, there's like at least four different nuances of intelligent energy that they just throw out and then we're left to try to figure this out. But intelligent energy is at the level that we're talking about, which is love. Intelligent energy does not yet have kinetic form. It's in potentiation. But it's energy in the sense that it's about to get jiggy with it if i could use you know a term that you would find in the law of one just kidding for those who are new to the law of one and <laughs> um and so then what we have is we have what's called what i'm calling the primal potentiator that love at this level is the primal potentiator so what is potentiator? I, I mentioned it earlier on, but when I say potentiator as, Dinah, what was the great term you used? Like every part of every uh, catalyst, or I'm sorry, every archetype that Rod talks about is an energetic configuration. Is that what you said? Well, Rod says the, that archetypes are the builded nature of thoughts. Like they're the building blocks that right. make up thought. I don't you don't remember the term you used? It was great. Um, they Ra was taught. Let me think. I'm just having to think back to the material. Um, it was like an, you said an energetic uh, quanta or something. Well, energy expenditures. Yeah, that's what, what it was. Ra and and they're set. They're they're subtly different. You know, they're subtly different. These energetic expenditures. They are. They are as distilled as they can be yes. and still be able to differentiate it from one another as aspects of our our thought exactly so our what then consciousness to life. thank you so what then do you think is a energetic expenditure called a potentiator what does that sound like to you what is a potentiator You're asking everyone, right? I'm asking everyone. I'm trying to potentiate you to answer. Can you rephrase, uh, rephrase that for me? What is a potentiator? It's essentially, how do I say this? It's a driving force of will pretty much you have an idea and so that idea is the potentiation it just hasn't been manifested yet it kind of exists out there in the ether um and then when that kinetic energy is applied and then that um what do you call it it's potentiated the potentiation happens in, through manifestation 
Right. So it, it's almost like if you work backwards, if you have an action, right, a manifested action, what caused that manifested action? It didn't just happen in a vacuum. There was a, a type of potentiation that grew and grew and grew until there was some level of an activator. And then, and then there was a brain that said, let's activate this into manifestation. So if you have an action, go ahead, Fred. It's almost like a tipping point. Yeah. The buildup of the tipping point. That is a, that is a part of, it's an energetic expenditure. It, it's its own little thing. Cause you can't get an action until, unless you have a potentiator that potentiates the action, right? That makes sense. So, so it's, it's like, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So it's pretty much like me thinking to myself, I need groceries. And then as I continue going on and I start running out of groceries, that thought is in my head, I need groceries. So that's my potentiator to take the action to go to a grocery store. Kind of as an example. And you wouldn't have ever gone to the grocery store unless you had the potentiator, which built and built and built. Exactly. If I didn't have the initial will or desire to need groceries. The will to seek. You see, everything we do, people, is a recapitulation of the original creation. That's why it's super, this, before you guys got on here today, I was joking, but I said, what I'll be talking about today is, in a way, very simple. But it's not easy to explain. It's very simple, but not easy to fully understand. Go ahead, Diana. Would you say that the potentiator is a, an archetypical type of energy expenditure that allows human consciousness to bring something from the realm of potential to the realm of manifestation? Even if that is an energetic manifestation, we cannot experience something that exists in potential. The potentiator would be the archetypal or archetypical form of mental energy expenditure that allows us to draw forth from something that's in, draw something that's in potential into the realm of experience. Would that be accurate? Well, say? the only thing I would say to that, um, first off, you're talking about humans and I'm up here talking about the logos. So you're down here in the trenches, and I'm t no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, mind. That's right. And but a potentiator can be also part of experience because you're experiencing the potential that then creates experience. So it it causes a feedback loop. But we're not there yet. That's next week. Okay. So hang on. Circle back. No, it's good. These are good things. Yeah. So what we have here in the primal logo, the primal potentiator, what is the primal potentiator? It is free will plus the will to seek. Now, these are all the same thing, just slightly honed. 
my free will original thought I want to experience is honed into the will to seek. And that original thought is the potentiator for the seeking. Okay. And what ends up happening is as it gets closer to bursting open into a consciousness, energy at the, it's not, it, it starts to become potential, poten, potentialized. I don't know what the right word is. Potentiated. Energy starts to potentiate. Okay. So even in a, even in, um, you have an idea, but if you have an idea, you eventually have to start thinking about how you're going to put it into practice. That still exists in potentiation, but it moves from an idea to some level of idea plus potentiated energy before it's even put into a practice. Okay? So when that happens in the primal in the primal logos, you have the primal potentiator, which is love, begins to impress itself. This is the Ra talks about how um, logoi or logos is a focus of intelligent energy uh, infinity. So it begins to so this love begins to impress itself on the matrix of light or awareness. So I want you to think of light or awareness as um, maybe you can think of it as an ocean. Threshold. What's that? Yeah, a threshold. But it's 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 like a um, a film or the, the top of a an, a sea that never moves. It's just it's just there. Okay. Not a plenum. What's that? Plenum. Yeah, plen a plenum, and in this plenum there is no differentiation, but there's a little bubble coming up. Boom, 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 boom. The and it's hit. It's about to hit the top, and when it hits the top, it condensates into a singularity, and that singularity is love and light. Love, light together. Love, light together. So, in other words, everything you see, you, who you are, who I am, we are all love light little quanta of energy quanta of light and love light called fred called barbara you see called eduardo and but it's all of one awareness the one infinite creator right and when we have um, DeMarcus says, I will know myself, first distortion. Uh, what we have here is when the primal potentiator love begins to impress itself on light, it finally becomes an individuated consciousness. And that is the primal logos. The primal logos is thus begotten. The primal logos is love light. 
And Raw says in 15.22, love light is the primal enabler. Okay? The primal source of power, the primal energy giver. So the primal logos, the first logos, is love light and it's and that is the enabler the primal enabler the primal source of power the primal energy giver and what's interesting is that that logos that it's a singularity this is this is god who hasn't learned very much everything's in potentiation but there's been very little experience so what is God or the, the primal logos going to create has a will to know itself from the, the matrix of uncomplete and total un uh, nuanced con or awareness comes the singularity of consciousness. All right. And now it's going to do something with that because remember it's being potentiated by what? What is the one thing that potentiates everything? The original thought. And what is the original thought? To experience ourselves, to experience. Yeah. Doesn't Ross say the original thought is that all entities seek and become one, which doesn't run counter to what you just no, said. No, that's no, the, the original, original desire. Never mind. But the original desire comes, we're going to get to that because that's that, that's just a few steps away, D. I wasn't challenging you. I was asking Oh, I know. I'm excited. You see, I, this, this stuff, the nerd that I am gets excited about these little things. I'm so ready. here we go. The, um, the prime, the primal potentiator. So we, the primal potentiator of the primal logos empowered by the original thought, which is the will to seek experience, also nuances into two sides. So you remember we talked about two sides of intelligent infinity? It's the unmoving side to the moving side, which is the pregnant part. Everything is moving and unmoving, moving and unmoving. So now we're starting, we're about to get into the two sides of the next layer level and the two sides the potentiator starts to morph into two sides one side is a potentiator of action and the other side is an activator in potentiation so think about it this way as we talked about it first we have the potentiator starts to morph into two sides one side of the potentiator is going to remain a potentiator. It's going to it's going to just get full of potential. And then the other side is going to start to have an, a part of it that's going to put into action all of that which comes in potential. But it's just hanging out and waiting. It's waiting to be tapped. The potentiator is going to tap it and then it's going to do it. Tap, do, tap, do. But of itself, it's not going to move. It's not going to move until it's tapped. In other words, 
what DeMarcus says is he's not going to go to the grocery store unless you're feeling like you got to go get groceries, brother. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't go to the grocery store unless you had to get groceries. So, but you're going to get ticket. what? The Oralado ticket. Uh, yeah. But think of it this way: your the the idea of going to get groceries remains unmoved until there is a potentiation strong enough to say, "Get your butt and go get some." You understand? So, but pure potential the potentiator now morphs into two. One is the moving. That's the potential that's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and then it taps the unmoving which is the activator. The activator is where it comes out and does something. But it's not going to do anything unless it's being act potentiated enough. All right? So we have un we have moving and unmoving again. What raw calls this is we have a potentiator and we have a matrix. The matrix is what is tapped by the potentiator to actually do something. The, the potentiator grows and grows in potential to the point where it taps the matrix and then from the matrix, things happen. And that's why I'm spending so much time on this because if we can get this part in cosmogenesis, it'll start to make sense when we get into the actual archetypes. Diana? How would you say that the potentiator archetype or energy differs from catalyst. Um, Meaning that people are catalyzed to do something because like, for example, arguably in DeMarcus's example, you could say the catalyst for not getting for waiting for getting groceries eventually was running out of food, right? I'm uncomfortable. I'm hungry. <laughs> I know I need food or I'm worried because I know I'm going to be out of food. Those are, that's experiential catalyst that caused you to make a choice. Right. Um, so how would you say, cause when you're talking about potentiator, it could sound similar to catalyst, but I think it's distinctly different. And I think you're describing it as different, but I'm wondering not just for me, but like for everybody here, can you draw a distinction yes. between those two things? Um, I can draw the distinction because what I had said earlier is that the original thought is the primal catalyst and catalyst, the original thought created. Now this is, this isn't still you and me, this, this, I'm talking about source. So it's a little bit different when we get down to the sub sub logoi level. All right. It's not too different, but somewhat different because we're, when we're talking about source here, we've got the original thought, which is the primal catalyst, which then creates the potentiator, which then creates the subtle nuances between then we have matrix and potentiator. But what was driving all of that was catalyst. And then what you find is that potentiator is actually catalyst is inside potentiator. In other words, potentiate, I think of it as a big old bag that, that gets bigger and bigger, a bag. And inside the bag, you're going to start putting things that nuance later on, like catalyst, experience, transformation. All of that is going to go into this bag. That's just going to continue 
to feed into um, actions. Actions then create experience. Creator experience gets fed back into uh, the un potentiator, which then morphs around and then comes back out. It's just a cycle like this. But at the source level, at the at the highest levels we're talking about, the primal catalyst was the thought, the original thought. The, the original thought was, I want to experience myself. Then that galvanized into some level of potential. Then that morphed into an active side and a potential side. So the active side is called the matrix and the potential side is called the potentiator. So I'm, I'm, I'm starting to name these names because these are the archetypes that Ra talks about that we're going to get to, right? And you're describing this from the perspective of um, being within the stream of time first and then next and then next and then next. But really these are energetic relationships relative to one another. So in reality, rather than the creator saying, hey, I'm going to know myself and I'm going to explode out into a million differentiated bits and then retrieve all of that experience the creator was like is literally now i do know myself i am aware bam i know everything that can be known in the infinite world now <laughs> and there's no process and there's no parts there's the illusion of parts and process that's what we get to experience and when we talk about it we really can't talk about it unless we break it down into stages that's I think right. that's helped to think about that way because otherwise the rational mind kind of wants to compare it to the more fundamental eternal present notion of the creator and it's hard to reconcile the two of them. One lies within the illusion of differentiation and in order for the creator to be aware it has to be distorted from its original undistorted form to the extent that it can have experience, right? Sorry, that was circuitous. But experience is comprised of basically self and other self. I can observe this because there is something to observe. That's an illusion. So the creator's experience lies squarely within the realm of illusion, in my opinion. I don't know if that's your opinion, Doug. Um, but it's a very important illusion that is essential to the creator being aware <laughs> that's right i mean so illusion may not be the best word it's like a distortion it can get loaded here to me i would say the illusion or manifestation or creation is um some of it would say well it's an illusion so therefore it's not real i would say absolutely it's real uh it's it's not creations creations are temporary but cre the phenomena of creation is eternal because it's 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 how and it's through creation the one infinite creator knows itself so it's eternal in the sense that the one infinite creator is eternal but anyways Sirach, you had a your hand up um yeah, quick uh, question. You said the potentiator is divided into, well, you were talking about the distortions, free will and love, and love is the primary, the primal potentiator that's split into the potentiator of action. What was the second one? The, the activator in potentiation. 
And you said one was moving and one was unmoving? The potentiator is moving. It moves, you know, uh, the, the will becomes stronger and stronger and stronger, but nothing's going to happen until it's strong enough. And then it, then it taps that which activates and then creates. Okay, so potentiator of action and then, sorry, say that second one again. Yeah, the activator in potentiation. Okay. I can hear a rat there somewhere. Um, all right, look, this is this is fun for me. I God, I have no idea what, how you guys are sitting with this stuff, but it is interesting. Um, I've been thinking about this for about five years, and and so I'm you know these five years of me thinking about it and just putting it together now. But uh, we're going to continue next week on exploring more. We're still on the primal logos. We haven't even gotten into the primal logos making the first creation but once we do we're going to start having the building blocks of what Ra then talks about as the 22 archetypes but if we don't get these building blocks that I'm we're talking about today somewhat understood to some degree then we're it's really hard to understand the 22 archetypes once we get there so that's why I'm talking in these nerdy kind of ways, but I, I hope that it's somewhat interesting. Um, so thank you for your attention today, but I just wanted to know if anybody could close us out. Does anybody feel potentiation into <laughs> activation? Yeah, I don't mind, Doug. Uh, Eduardo raised his hand. Let's let's have a Eduardo do it, and then you, you could do it next week. Sounds good. Are you sure? I feel like Sir Rock probably has a a better prayer for us. <laughs> that was just gonna wing it, but no, my prayer, but, my prayer is gonna be in potentiation this, this week. Yeah, potentiation exactly. <laughs> uh, See, activation right now, right. Eduardo. Uh, Eduardo bubble was just a little bit higher than the Ciroc bubble to the <laughs> It was a race to the top. To I, I, I beat him to the activation. Is that what it was? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, all right, I guess we can close our eyes and take three deep breaths. Lord, I want to thank you for being able to be present with the group today. I'd like to thank you for giving us a chance to come and become one. Um, help us through any struggles, any anxieties, and any pressures that we may be feeling in our independent lives. Um, I'm, I'm really thankful for the group as it's something that serves as a, uh, as a vessel of peace. And I hope that it would exist as that for the rest of the members when we're present here with each other. But again, keep us in high spirits and high hopes and love and in light. So may it be in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the man who came in the flesh. Thank you and amen.
I'm sorry. I realized I just prayed with Jesus, and I'm, I'm everybody might not be on board with that. So I'm sorry if that's the case. Hey man, you but, took me to church. I'm happy. Hey, that's fine. Ross said, uh, you know, talked about Jesus in the sense of um, being equivalent to love itself. So I think that's in the name of love is fine. Yeah. In the name of love, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Amen. Amen. May it be. I'm going to put this on our uh, podcast uh, tomorrow. And so if you have the desire, if it, the potentiation grows and grows and you want to tap your matrix and to listen to it again to kind of get these concepts before we uh, dive into next week, I think you might want to do that. I always forget that you're recording and then you go and post places and I'm fussing and I'm being a total dork. I'm not talking anymore. Well, what you what I really do is actually um, I delete everything except for when you talk. And, and so it's just you and it's like, uh, but uh, okay. Uh, and it's awesome. <laughs> All right. Um, God bless everybody. It's nice seeing everybody. Peace and love. Bye. 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 Bye.